I was told to get a box strad, and I brought home the Bobby, the Yamaha Bobby shoe, <laughs> <laughs> and they weren't happy about it. I'm happy. I'm still happy with it, and it was all kind of a surprise. But I was told to get, like I said, the box strad. And that's all I was told. I wasn't told any specific box strat at the time, and I wouldn't have known anyway. But when I got there, they sold it to me by saying it was the Bobby Shoe is a better all-round horn. Now, if I were to do it, I wouldn't say that it. I wouldn't say it's a classical horn. I haven't played it. I only actually played that horn for maybe four years, and then I switched to the one I'm on now. Well, we're talking about gear today. Before we get into gear, though. Something we were talking about beforehand was kind of our first story of our first professional horn or first non-beginner horn. So, Chris, what was that for you? Explain the whole thing, the whole the whole situation. Prior to graduation, it was a graduation present from my folks. And my musical journey during my elementary and middle school years was quite adventurous. But I eventually settled on the trumpet. And... It was a box strad because at the time, my middle school teacher, she uh, she said, you got to get a box strad. She was a trumpet player too, and she had a box strad. And she's all like, these are great horns. They're... Um, they're they're the staple of the sound you'll you know and the horn that i was renting at the time was a box strad so uh it just made sense however my folks are like you want to get a nice horn it's your first horn or they didn't know it was my first horn they're like it's your your horn that you're going to buy that you're going to play on we obviously practice on it so get a nice one so i got the anniversary model it's a new york anniversary model box strad and this thing is it's beautiful. It has a bunch of floral engraving on it and it has a gold bell on the inside and uh, silver on the outside and uh, abalone tops, it, the whole makeup. And uh, yeah, that was my first horn. And here's a fun story that followed right after. So played it at graduation as a soloist. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the solo went to a high C and I totally T-odd on it. And for those who don't know what a T-odd is, where you go up to the high C and you miss it and you hit the B flat underneath it because it's the same partial uh, or sorry, very close to it. Uh, but you can play it with the same opens fingering. And uh, so it sounds like a T-odd. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that happened. And then, the next day, we had a um, fundraiser at the new Safeway that was opening up downtown. And so I played it, and my mom was all so stoked, so stoked. And the case it came in was like an alligator case with a velvet thing, foldable thing on top. It was gorgeous. And I opened that thing up, and guess what happens? You dropped it out on the pavement. It, it rolls onto the pavement. Oh, doesn't draw it doesn't like fall out but it just rolls onto the pavement and did you open it upside down i did <laughs> oh no <laughs> it, and it was fine it just got some scratches on the tip of the bell so there's like three scratches on the bell and then um and there's one on where the valve block is at on the little cap but it's just like a scratch it's not like a dent or anything it really just like gently rolled. If it could have rolled out more gently, it couldn't have. It was it was perfect, but my mom was livid. And I was just bug-eyed after that in a bad way. 
But yeah, that was my first one. How how old were you when you got that? Was it right before graduation? Yeah, so that was eighth grade. I don't know what. Oh, eighth grade graduation. Yeah, eighth grade. Okay. Um, yeah. How long did you play it? Oh, I'm still playing it. Uh, that's my go-to B-flat trumpet. Though, you know, nowadays we play more C trumpet for classical literature or E-flats or piccolo. We Americans. Yes. That's right. It's your, it's your, it's your primary classical B-flat. Yes, it is. And it's dark. I'm telling you, that thing is dark. It makes the C, yeah, it makes the C like, sound like a, um, well, it just sounds like a flugelhorn, a trumpet flugelhorn. That's what it sounds like. So it's a gorgeous horn. Ben, what about you? What was yours? Oh, man. I So my first horn, I actually don't remember the brand. And it was something that I was borrowing at the time from the music school that I was going to. And I played that for probably two to three years, I think, before I finally came to the conclusion that I needed to get myself my own horn. And so I, you know, I talked to my parents about it. And after some research and looking up what we had in the area, they, they came across a music store that was closing. And so they brought me to that music store. It was probably like 6am in the morning uh, to stand in line because it was closing that week. So everything in the store was half off. So 6am we're standing in line. It was cold outside. I remember it must've been close to Christmas because I think it was a Christmas gift that this was going to be. So when the store opened, you know, we go in, I'm looking for the trumpets and they only had one trumpet in the store. You know, we didn't know what we were going to get when we got there. We just were going to see, going to see what was on sale. So, you know, in the back, they've got this. And at, I, at the time, I didn't know what it was, but it turns out it was a Bobby shoe Yamaha and it was $700 because it was half off. Oh man. Dude. Nice. Was it, uh, is it a 6310 or an 8310? It's the 6310. Nice. Nice. So, yeah. yeah, I was, uh, you know, obviously once I, I found out, you know, at the time, I don't even think I knew who Bobby Shue was. I was pretty young. I think I was, it was either 12 or 13. And I hadn't really done much research into trumpet, uh, literature, trumpet uh, icons and all that. So I didn't know who he was, but getting a trumpet for 700 bucks for what it was at the time, I was stoked. So yeah, so that was my first horn. And I played that all throughout high school. And probably my first, I think it was first two years of college, I was playing on that horn until, no, hold a second. I, I got a C trumpet before I replaced that. So I actually didn't replace that horn until... This is crazy. I actually didn't realize this. I played on that all the way through grad school, my master's program. I didn't replace that horn until I got out to Colorado. No way. Really? I'm not I'm not even kidding. I didn't even realize this. You played a Bobby Shoe 6310 classical and everything. Yes. All the way until your doctorate. That's I I played awesome. on, I played on that horn all throughout undergrad through my master's program and it was either the first or second year in my doctoral program that I finally got a new B-flat trumpet, which is my Bach Strad 72. And the only reason I was able to get that was because UNC does a program where 
you can take out loans specific or at the time they did. I don't believe they do this anymore, but you can take out loans that are centered around your career development. And in that case, you know, it's a strong argument that this was career development. I'm getting equipment for my, my career. So, and it, and it passed. David and I both did that actually. So yeah, that I, that's crazy. I actually completely forgot that I played on it for that long. That's awesome. They are great. They're incredible horns. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a segue. I'm saying that I say that cause I'm a little biased cause that was my first non beginner horn too. Although mine was an 8310. And oh, okay. Mine's silver. Is yours silver? It is not. Okay. It's yellow brown. Well, not what what would they call that? It's just lacquer. Lacquered. lacquered. I was just gonna say I have a sixty three ten flugelhorn. I love that flugelhorn. It's so good. It's smaller bore, but it's it is gorgeous and it is precise and pretty dang in tune for a flugelhorn. I think so. Yeah, that's my preferred flugelhorn. I don't have one anymore, but we'll get into that. <laughs> So my first horn, I know it was a blessing something. The brand was blessing. I got it from a mail order program at my elementary school where they literally, my parents would send in payments every week and they would, or every month and they sent me a horn in the mail. My brother got a tenor saxophone in the mail. So it was a blessing something. I played that until I got, until I was a freshman in high school, my band director recommended to my parents that we get that my brother and I both get new horns and we had some savings bonds or something like that from someone in my family who had given given them to my brother and I so we went to a store in Eugene Oregon and then my band director told me to get a box trad for some reason I wanted the bobby shoe I remember saying if it was easier to play and I understand now of course it would be easier to play. It's an extremely lightweight horn. At least 8310 is. And I could probably play high, a little higher on it, which was probably... I could probably play a high C or something. So I thought that was excellent. So I got that and I played that for four years. I really do like that horn. I haven't played it in a long time. I still own it, but I don't play it often. We'll get into it, but I made a switch later to a horn... That is better at playing classical and jazz, so I don't like switching horns a lot. I prefer if I could just use the one B-flat for everything. Um, I'm with you on that. Yeah, I switched to a horn that works better for both. Not that the Bobby Shoe doesn't work for classical. I have to work a lot harder to get that sound than I would like, so that's why I don't play it. It's not typically considered a classical horn either, but I'm sure there's some people... I mean, dang, Ben, you did it. You play classical stuff on it more classical style stuff than i ever did so yeah it's crazy looking back and really just coming to that realization now because i i guess i didn't really ever think about it but i i very much am of the type that just will play on a piece of equipment until i get pointed out that oh i should maybe change this or i don't know if if something down the line kind of makes me realize oh i should probably probably adjust something on this like the mouth i mean we'll get into it but i played on the same mouthpiece for over 10 years for everything except for piccolo obviously but for b flat c and e flat same mouthpiece for over 10 years yeah i'm with you on that that'll be a fun part of the discussion david what was your first pro horn experience this is going to be different for you than it was for the rest of us Mm -hmm. oh yeah definitely definitely 
I grew up in a musical household with my dad, who was a professor of trumpet. And uh, he let me borrow his, oh, it was a large bore box strad. I think it was a 20, 25. And it was early Elkhart, so it was still using the Mount Vernon parts and Mount Vernon design, so it didn't have like the, the thumb saddle on the first valve slide. Uh, it had, uh, had a custom trigger built in it. And he pulled some strings, he and my mom pulled some strings, and they got me permission as a sixth grader to audition for this all-district honor band, which was seventh, eighth, and ninth graders, and sixth graders weren't allowed. And I, I don't know, I guess it was kind of a ordeal <laughs> for them. And so my dad came to me angry and said, David, if you get first chair in that honor band, I'll buy you a brand new trumpet and flugelhorn. And so I got first chair in the honor band. So I got an English Besson French horn, I mean a flugelhorn from 1949. And then I got a, my dad took me down to this music store in Tulsa, which actually kind of funny. I ended up working there for a couple of years when I uh, was doing my undergrad at University of Tulsa. But I picked out a Bach 180 uh, 37 with a gold brass bell. And I love that horn. And I regret every day that I got rid of that horn. But I played it from uh, the end of my sixth grade year on through my undergrad. I knew you were going to have some crazy horns from the, be- <laughs> from the beginning. That's awesome. Well, it was funny because I don't think my dad, I think he thought it was possible for me to do it. I don't think that he, I think he thought the, it was like the odds were stacked against me. <laughs> so when I got the honor or got first chair, he, his mouth just kind of dropped and he's like, well, I made you a promise. <laughs> my dad made that sort of promise to me, but it was about making the playoffs in football and I won an Xbox, <laughs> Xbox 360. So, we have a couple ways we can go in this. We can either talk about our philosophies towards gear, which is a huge topic in the trumpet world, as we all know. Or we can kind of keep going around the circle and maybe talk about our daily, what B-flats, what's our, your main B-flat, and then maybe C, hit all the horns, and then talk about gear. Would anyone have any preferences? Let's go that route. I like that, since we're talking okay. horns and stuff. Uh-huh. Well... Uh yeah, Chris, why don't we start with you and let's just start with sure. B flat. B flat. Yes, I because I'm focusing more on jazz, though I can play this horn classically just as good to an extent. I'm playing the infamous LA eighty three thirty five Yamaha. The Wayne Bergeron model, if you will. Yeah. To my opinion, and I I, I think I share this with a lot who play this horn, it reminds me a lot of the Bach. It really does. Uh, It's lighter. It's a lot lighter. And it feels similar, though, Uh, even though the specs on it are different if you compare. I know the lead pipes are completely different, and there's there's other things about it that are different. But, yeah, that's, that's the one I play on. And I... Made that switch when I made, went into college. Yeah, that's kind of what I play on every day. David? In our last episode, we talked about routines that we build, and I mentioned that I have two separate routines. Um, I also, yeah, one for like a classical situation, and then, and then another routine for a jazz or commercial setup. And so I also switch gears along with those routines. So 
my the classical gear that I'm using, I'm playing on an uh, 8335 uh, Yamaha G, which is, means it has a gold brass bell, so it helps with response. And then I have the the the, the Mark II Chicago Artist model from Yamaha, and then I run a P54 pick, and then the the Shulky D E flat trumpet. <laughs> We're not on those yet. Oh, sorry. We're just doing B flats. Oh, All we're right. just doing B David's flats. Out. All right, okay. <laughs> yeah, just B flats. Stop showing off. Fired. <laughs> okay. Well, I I play a Bobby Shoe eighty three ten Z for my jazz setup. So real quick, uh, and we'll go back to Chris for this. So what mouth? What are your your standard mouthpieces for those two B flats? And then we'll do Chris's. It's a picket. That's that's kind of what I've been. Well, I've been playing jazz on that. Uh, I've been playing on the picket mouthpiece. Yeah, it's equivalent to a 1C. Uh, that's the style I play on. Uh, uh, for my classical gear, I'm using a Stork 3B with a 25 throat. And then for small group jazz stuff, my, kind of my main mouthpiece I use is a Stork 3C. But if I'm playing in a big band section, especially like second trumpet, I've got a 3D mouthpiece. So a little shallower cub, so it projects, um, cuts a little more. But yeah, that that stork, that the Vacchiano model stork with the uh, V-shaped cup, just really suits me. Those are those are nice. I got one after you mentioned it to me, uh, David, and I didn't want to pay the <laughs> the extra fee for the bore change or anything like that because I prefer a twenty-five bore, sometimes twenty-four. But I just got the stock what it was, and it's it's great. It feels super comfortable. Uh, that V cup is is clean and it sounds nice too yeah it just i, I feel like there's more depth to my sound and it, it, it's interesting but i always especially in the upper register when i play on a bowl-shaped mouthpiece i always felt like i was fighting intonation like i was gonna go sharp and it, i mean it hasn't gone away but on these the stork setup it's definitely more manageable and just it just seems more even across across the board and i don't know if that has to do with my facial structure or what but i think it has to do with that v cup yeah i mean a lot of people play on v cups and i didn't even really look into v cups until uh you mentioned it i just tried it out you know because it's not a super expensive mouthpiece and uh which makes it super nice and yeah it would totally suit that intonation upstairs is nice it's just comfortable too it's just comfortable I'm going to mention my B-flat, and I get a lot of crap from two of the three of these other guys for it. <laughs> I play a Holton T-101 B-flat trumpet, which I bought for $500, and it has a hole in the lead pipe that I cover with glue. But that's the it's the Symphony model. It's sometime from the... Mine is from, I think, 97 or something like that, and it's a 459 bore, um, and it's a copy... I've just found this out looking up today. I was always told that it was a copy of the Vernon 37 and someone talked to one of the floor managers of the manufacturing floor. So, and they said it was a copy of an Elkhart 37. So, I mean, it doesn't really matter to me. I just really like the horn. I think it sounds great on classical and I like it for lead playing. Uh, definitely shuts down for me above G. I have a real, and I know that's a normal spot for things to shut down on, but I do struggle to play above that, even though G is pretty comfortable for me. But I really like the horn. I don't have to switch. 
back and forth for um, classical and lead. And that's an absolute requirement for me. I really don't like gear, so I'm glad this horn's still still holding on. Although if anyone has any, if anyone has a Holton T101, send me an email. Send us an email because I'm looking for copies of those because, like I said, mine has a hole in the lead pipe. I know what the lead pipe is, but I'd rather just get a whole new horn. At That's this where point. the mouthpiece goes, Derek. Nice one, Dan. No, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, man, you, you sound great on that horn. I won't out the guy that uh, put the hole in it. <laughs> I know he listens. <laughs> it's okay. It, it honestly isn't that bad. He gave me the glue to fix it. And the glue holds really well. It holds about a year. It does. It's wild. And the mouthpiece I use for lead stuff is a GR63SZ, I think. SZ. I believe that's what it is. It might be a Z double star, but it's 63 for sure. And then either SZ or Z double star. I looked it up and it says on GR that that's somewhere between a box 7 and a 10.5. It's a relatively small rim. And. Uh, it's their standard commercial backbore. I don't feel like it's crazy small. It's not a crazy shallow cup. I don't bottom out, but it's just really comfortable. It's just so comfortable. I think GR is one of the most comfortable mouthpieces out there. And then for classical stuff, I play a Bill Fund Picket 1C, which from what I understand is the same as a standard picket 1c except that there's bill fun has put more metal up at the top around the cup and it just makes it a little darker brings brings down some of that brightness that seems to be standard in in some in a lot of pickets so ben what's your daily b flat my daily b flat uh well as i mentioned i did finally get a a different b flat trumpet when i was in my doctoral program which is the Bach uh, Stradivarius 72. I made the switch because it was mostly sound oriented. I've actually had put a lot of damage on my uh, <laughs> on my Bobby shoe uh, between. Actually, I don't think I did anything to the bell. So it was actually the lead pipe. I bent that at one point uh, 90 degrees. How did that oh. happen? Trying to twist a mouthpiece out of the bell. Oh my gosh. And oh no. the brace brace snapped, the whole thing went 90 degrees. And I did get it fixed, but you know, there's only so much you can do when you pinch a lead pipe like that. So, and I actually I think I I played on that for another couple years before I finally got it replaced. <laughs> yeah, I'm just very slow to upgrading equipment. You know, some of that's finance related, but also maybe just a little bit of stubbornness and wanting to just keep what I'm comfortable with. Uh, but anyways, yeah, so I, I upgraded to a the box Stradivarius uh, 72, and I, it's medium-large bore. I don't know. the That change, it was a hard decision. I, I can't remember what I was going between at the time, but uh, between, it was different Bach trumpets. I and Not that I'm opposed to Yamaha or anything or other brands. It's just where I kind of gravitated. And... Uh, the 72 just felt so good. And I guess because I believe that's also a lightweight and I've coming from a lightweight, it just felt good. 
I don't know, the transition was pretty, pretty easy. And now I use that for everything. I, I will occasionally go back to my Bobby shoe if I feel like trying to, you know, whip that out for a jazz setting. But for the most part, I use my Bach for everything. You, you know, it's an interesting thing. I was thinking back of all the horns I owned and listening to what you guys have owned and then all the ones my our friends have played on. Choosing a right, choosing a good horn really makes a difference of how successful or potential success you could have in college. And I know that's an obvious thing to say, but really like investing time into the horns that you are going to buy and doing that research uh, can really make a difference. Because have you ever, have any of you guys gone to a big store where they sell a bunch of trumpets pre-COVID and you know, try all the B flats out. Have you ever done oh, yeah. that before? Yeah. I'm oh, sure yeah. David. <laughs> I used to work at a store that did that and I didn't do. <laughs> I actually, that's how I got my C trumpet and I regret it to this day because I feel like I got a lemon of a C trumpet and I didn't know what I was doing. It was, you know, I was a sophomore and I, I didn't really know what I was doing, but yeah. And so I think, you know, that waiting as long as I did to get my B flat. Yeah. I waited too long. I waited too long to get, you know, a good classical B flat trumpet, but I am thankful that I waited at least long enough to know what it was that I was listening for and how to pick out uh, an instrument. So I'll real quick go through my mouthpieces and then we can move on to another. I only use two and actually I only really use one. And that is the uh, James new seven, sorry, S seven M. All those probably mean nothing to y'all, but the, the best thing I can relate it to is it's essentially a Bach 1C with slight modifications to the cup depth, the rim size. This is the first major mouthpiece change that I've made since my freshman year of college. I played on a Schelke Symphony Series M- M2D, I believe it was, for 10 years, and it was great. I loved it, but when I tried out this James New mouthpiece, it just felt better. And that's the only thing I can really explain it as because I was really happy with my Shelky and I was very hesitant to make any change, but I kept coming back to it for weeks, actually months. I kept coming back to the James new before I finally made the decision to make the switch. And it was just because every time I tried it, it felt better. The other mouthpiece that I go to occasionally, if I have lead plane and I don't do a lot of lead plane is not going to be very helpful to any of you because I don't even know what it is. I mean, I know this much. It was a it was a gift from my teacher Judith Saxton as a gradu- graduation present because I she had let me use it for lead while I was at the school. It is a Shelky Saxton lead mouthpiece. She had uh I guess they made a custom mouthpiece for her and she did like it, but then she found something that she liked better. And she let me try it, and it was like the first lead mouthpiece that ever worked for me. So she let me use it the whole time I was at school, and when I graduated, she just gave it to me as a present, and I love it. It's great for me. I've got really big lips, and so it's hard to find lead mouthpieces that that work for me. So and it and it did. Let's go on to the other horn. So let's go with C. Oh yes, the C, my baby. Oh yes. Uh, Bach, 
Chicago model, hands down. Now, I know the Yamahas are gorgeous instruments, but may I tell you that this one barks in the most <laughs> subtle way. Um, in combination with the Bach Chicago, which is a great horn, I have a Blackburn lead pipe uh, with a round tuning crook. Now, that combination is magical in itself. And may I tell you, I would recommend this for anybody because, man, does it have really supportive strongs, but very, very dainty, very uh, sensitive softs with a pure tone in the middle. Now, if I could hit that, that's another question. But uh, <laughs> it does it does allow me to get there when I'm on and um it's a it's a it's a large bore horn and uh i believe it's a 229 bell and uh with some modifications on french bead and all that stuff but uh that is what i play on and it is probably one of my favorite horns it resonates so well uh the lead pipe makes it really warm sounding with that brilliant core uh so that combination works well for me uh, 20 lead pipe is a huge lead. I think it's the biggest one, second biggest one they have. I'm not sure. Um, it, and that round tuning crook's nice. Um, I paired that with a park mouthpiece. Now, this is full classical, Chris, right here. Uh, when you have the park mouthpiece combination, and I believe it's a 660 280, it's equivalent to a 1C, but with an orchestral back pour. And I think it has a flat rim. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, it's more for a comfort thing, but um, instability. But yes, this combination right here is really nice. It's pretty in tune, which I love because C's are kind of squirrely that way. But yeah, that's that's what I plan for my C. I have the Yamaha uh, Chicago Artist Model Mark II. I believe that's the 9445. Or no, 9335. Uh, but anyway, yeah, it's the Mark II. I was actually sort of pressured into getting this horn, and I really like it. The intonation is incredible, and it's got a great sound, but I'm not super into the upper register on it. I still, to this day, struggle. I struggle to play a high C on it, and I don't struggle to do that on any of my other gear. We had a two, uh, 229, a Bach 229 in the shop, last week and I cleaned it out, worked on it and had no problem playing up to a high C. So I think the problem is, is it's a, it, so my horn is a large bore horn. And I think maybe the combination of just how, how open that horn is with the mouthpiece I'm using, it just might be too much. So I'm thinking about actually going down in back bore size, um, to a more standard, to see, see, yeah, to, to create more resistance to see if that, that helps because I'm just, feels like I'm, I don't know, blowing into a bathtub or something when I play that thing. Again, the intonation is great and it has a great sound, but it's, uh, if if I could go back and, I don't know, change my choice, I probably would have. But I'm just, now I'm just learning how to deal with it, learning how to play on it, and I could have done a lot worse. Nice, so my C... <clears throat> I bought without ever playing it, without ever seeing it. <laughs> I bought it from Jason Harrelson, the from you know Harrelson Trumpets. Someone that bought one of his horns 
traded in their old horn, which is this one. Then he sold it, and I just took it off of his word that the horn was in good shape. And it was. He wasn't lying. Um, and it's a Bach 239. And it's the only C I've ever owned. I did play a C in my Masters at some point, but I don't even remember what it was. And it was only for a few months or something like that. So, And I play that with my Bill Fund 1C. Um, that's a 462 bore. And this one, I, I do love the horn. I love playing C trumpet, but man, the intonation on this horn is so bad. And it's such a struggle. And I really have to do a lot of manipulation, whether that's alternate fingerings, a lot of kicking out on stuff. Um, my F's on top of the staff, I can, I just, I can't hit that note. Even slurring up like a chromatic scale, C in the staff up to G, when I hit F, it starts to crack and wants to fall off. It's not F sharp, nothing on E, except E's really flat. It's just that note, for some reason on that horn, almost doesn't work. And I have to force it. Um, but I do like the horn. I like the way it sounds. I don't really want to change. I don't have the money to change anyway. So I just hunkering down, sticking with it. Yeah, I am kind of in a similar boat. My uh, So I mentioned earlier that I, I bought a C trumpet that was a lemon. And so I'll make the, the story is quick. But I, I was went to Washington Music it was, I think, over spring break in my sophomore year. Brought my brother, who, I mean, he doesn't know very much about brass instruments. He did play baritone in high school. But I brought him just to listen because I wanted to have someone listening to me play. And, you know, I tried several instruments while I was there. And that's kind of the one that I it came down to. The Sorry, I didn't even mention what it was. It was the Bach uh, Stradivari C229. Uh, two, two, so large bore... And at the time, I, I thought it sounded good. And, you know, now looking back, I recognize there are many things wrong with the horn itself. And, you know, you always have to be careful. And we will get into this discussion probably later. Uh, you know, some things can be player tendencies. Some things can be horn tendencies. And with this, you know, I've done a lot of troubleshooting. It's definitely the horn tendency. And that is the uh g on top of the staff is so sharp like so incredibly sharp that it's not even really a g anymore it's almost into the ballpark of g sharp and so i actually have to finger my g's as uh, two and three and i so i use sorry one and two i don't know why i said two and three one and two and that's the only way that i found to actually get it in tune so and then it's really kind of the notes all around that. So it's F, F sharp, G, and A are all incredibly out of tune. Beyond that, everything else on the horn plays very well in tune. It's very weird, but that set of notes right there is very, very out of tune. That is a bad range of notes to be out of tune as well, because yeah. it's a range of notes you're going to play all the time. If you're playing principal. So I'm very, very unsatisfied with my C and I will look, I honestly believe it's just a, uh, it's just a lemon because I've played other models of the same, the 229 and they're fine. Yeah. I have the same experience with my horn too. Played different 239s and they're fine. It's just, I think it's just this horn in particular. 
it happens, man. It's so often you'll, even though it's made the same, they're not made the same because there's the trumpet man over, even in over time has gone through so many inventive changes to help intonation and all that. And we're still trying to get it right, you know? And, uh, yeah, that's, that's, uh, I don't know, man, how many, how many C's I've tried, uh, until I landed on mine. And even now, even then I had to make some modifications to it, uh, because the Chicago I had with the regular Bach lead pipe, though it sounded good on most of it, there was some, like the E on top of the staff was really bad. The F and the G as well. Uh, but that's common with most C trumpets, how, whatever you're going to come across. Uh, at least from my experience. Yeah. I I have a quick question relating to this before we move on to another topic. And uh, that is, do you guys use a different mouthpiece for your C than you do for your B flat? I don't. I I, I don't either, but that's probably going to be changing here soon. <laughs> I, I don't. It just really depends on if it's classical or jazz. So yeah. that's kind of where I roll. You know, interesting enough, I actually chose my mouthpiece based on my C trumpet. And, the, you know, I use it for both B flat and C, but I, I chose it based on my C trumpet. And I think that uh, if I were to ever consider getting a new C trumpet, I might have to adjust some things. So, yeah, it's interesting. You know, you're talking about the intonation issues. So, some of the advancements in technology, like what Chris was talking about, they've done with the Yamaha Chicago. And like in New York models, uh, is they've they've tried to bring the D E flat E that we all know is so flat up, so that you don't have to use mess with our um, alternate fingerings as often. You can usually lip it up; it's not that bad out of tune. And it, yeah, mine mine's great. I don't have to use alternate fingerings, but it's weird because we were in the section Derek and Chris and I we were playing Sibelius four three. And we were struggling, or we were. There was just one spot where we kept having a weird intonation issue. And we're like, "What is going on?" And we figured out it was coming from me, and it was just an F in the staff. And I'm like, "How can this be out of tune?" And we put the tuner up, and for some reason, my F in the staff is almost thirty cents flat. It's just incredibly so flat that I can't lip it up. That it's, is crazy. It's bizarre. You know, to be fair, Chris and I knew the whole time the issue was you. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was, I think in my mind, it was just like you guys were playing on that particular piece. You were playing the higher parts. So I was assuming, oh, well, there, someone is probably playing on one of those notes that we know, right, on C trumpet is a bad note. So it's probably there. And I didn't even consider that well, it's me sitting on an F. Like I, I was thinking, well, I'm probably the foundation, so I got to play this note out louder. <laughs> and, and that's the that was the problem note. Cool. Let's knock out a lightning round to go over flugelhorn, E flat Ds, and pick all at once. And we'll just go real fast because these ones, you know, not everyone has them anyway. Are we listing listing all of them at once or? Uh, okay, cool. So my flugelhorn is six three ten. Z, uh, the six inch bell flugelhorn. My E flat is the three E L Shilky D E flat trumpet. It's gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. Get one if you don't have one already. And then my piccolo is unique in many shades. Uh, it actually has two colors on it. It's 
gold and silver. And it is the Tony Scottwell piccolo trumpet and it has a trigger on the fourth valve. Uh, it's great. Uh, it's pretty, it's very brilliant long bell. Uh, but that's, that's what I play on. It's gorgeous. What, what do you, what mouthpiece do you use for pick? That I use a three C cornet mouthpiece and that, that balances it pretty well with the, um, the tone that I'm looking for. Uh, yeah, you sound great on pick, even though you play that pick. <laughs> <laughs> uh no yeah it, it's it's that's a hard instrument <laughs> so for flugelhorn i play a beautiful raw brass con vintage one and i love the way it sounds it doesn't have the best intonation it gets really weird in the lower register but i love the way it sounds and it just it feels nice and then i play the same model shoki de flat trumpet as chris and i concur i think it's the standard it's amazing and then i play a shulky p54 long bell for my uh, b flat and a for uh piccolo okay so you and i have the same equipment for this i also play a con vintage one flugelhorn that i got recently that i've only played two times and it's a rose brass which is the one i wanted so that was great um and i don't know what mouthpiece i play on it because I have a hard time getting the mouthpiece to stay in. It just doesn't really screw in. It just doesn't stay. It kind of falls out. Um, even if I use the one that comes with the horn. And so I'm not using that one. And I don't know what it is. But again, I've only played it twice. So, you know, I, I don't have to worry about it too much. Before that, I was playing the Yamaha 6310Z. And I love that horn. If I found one, I would buy it. But yeah, I mean, I like my flugelhorn too, but there are some intonation issues, but I'm sure maybe if I figure out the mouthpiece, maybe it'll be better. Uh, I also play the Shoki E3L. Love that horn. Really, really love that horn. And then my favorite horn out of all my horns, even though it's kind of a tie between my B-flat, because I just like that. I love my B-flat. But my I play a Shoki P54 with a 3C. So Chris, you and I are same on the mouthpiece and i absolutely love that horn it it might be my favorite horn to play i guess that's that's me now <laughs> so i also have the shoki p54 for piccolo trumpet my e flat is a yamaha custom uh d flat e or sorry d e flat uh what was what's the other one flugelhorn oh yeah flugel i play whatever i can get whatever i can borrow <laughs> Nice. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't have a have a flugel. I've thought about getting it many times, but I've always come back to I just don't play it enough. That was the last horn I got too. I really only got it because I think the only two horns I would have spent money on were a sixty three ten Z or a Con uh vintage one. And it just so happened that one literally fell in my lap and I got called about it. And I was like, Alright, I'll buy it right now. So that'll probably be my next purchase that in it. And actually my next purchase will be a, a better C trumpet. But after that, it'll be a flugelhorn. Yeah. The only other one that I have is the, and David has one as well. The natural trumpet. Uh, we, we both got the Egger CD mm-hmm. three hole system. Yep. Cool. Well, I guess that's it. So if anyone has any questions or if they want to tell us their gear, definitely interested in that i'm sure we forgot a lot and didn't mention a lot of brands and all sorts of stuff so if you want to send us a message send us 
an email to ourtrumpetlife at gmail.com or hit us up on all of the social media websites at Our Trumpet Life. Anyone got anything? Yeah, I just add if there's any topic that we have not covered in our podcast thus far and uh, any of the listeners are interested in hearing about something else, just give us an email about it and we'll make sure to include that topic in our uh, in our list of episodes coming up. Yeah.